Welcome to the Freedom City Church podcast, a podcast designed to help your faith thrive. We hope you enjoy today's message. Don't, sometimes it's, we don't call it seasons because we, we put season, the word season, on this pedestal that kind of says that every now and then, like once in a blue moon, God changes the season of life. That in like looking at a very macro um, directional season. But there are seasons in your life. There's a season of um, blues clues, or there's a season of whatever. Like there's, we go through seasons, and seasons come to an end, and they start quickly. And we've got to look. There's there's a whole bunch of movie things. You know the whole macro, meso, micro. We've got the the major. The, the middle and the, the minor. There are a whole bunch of seasonal things that shift and change within our life. And I really think that we struggle to transition seasons because we don't fully understand seasons. And so we get caught in, it's like the whole square peg and around hole. It's like rocking up to um, church camp in boardies and a t-shirt is stupid because it's a different season. It's going to be cold. It's going to be freezing. And so it's being wary of what seasons am I actually in in my life. But when we talk about seasons as well, I want to address the idea of seasons pointing us to a greater understanding and purpose in God. Is that good? Are you ready? Yes. Well, I'm I'm going to preach on a verse here um, that's... And I'm going to come from a different angle, all right? So don't don't stone me as I'm preaching and, and painting the picture here. I'm going to come out from a different angle because, well, actually, when you read the verse as a whole in, and do the study behind it, the, the what we're trying to get out of this, what is the trying that the writer's trying to convey, is very different sometimes to what we share. So in Ecclesiastes three. A time for everything. If you can't read it up there, <laughs> it's pretty hard. Um, I always underestimate how small it's going to look on the screen. It's called a time for everything. And, and you might have heard of this before. But it says, for everything, seasons, uh, Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 to 8. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. So let's take a moment. For everything that is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. So often we we move quickly onto that from that. Just take a moment. Under heaven is terminology for now. Doesn't mean terminology for eternity. It means terminology for now, under heaven. So it's even though it's like, oh, we live under the sky, because a lot of us think that heaven's in the sky, or it was portrayed to us that way, it's just a, a saying that's saying, here, right now, there's a, there's a time and a season for every matter. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck, pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. Kill is in reference to eating animals, you know, not... There's never a time to kill a person, just to clarify. Don't take notes on that, please. Um, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. 
time to keep silence, and time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. This is a great passage that we often quote. It is a great passage because whether you're a young parent with kids who just run everywhere and don't stop and just scream and yell, or whether you've just retired and you have more time than you're used to, or whether you are studying or you're in an established career, this passage can be used, and rightly so, to encourage us that there is a time for everything, everything under heaven. The thing is, just because I say that there is a time for something, it doesn't particularly make what you're going through easier. So there's a time for you to be sick. Oh, great, I know that there's a time for it, so it makes it so much easier. No, it doesn't. It doesn't actually make it easier. For me, by me saying this, doesn't actually um, soften the blow of the season that you were in. Because when we read this, that was not the point of this passage. Because what we, what we say is we quote verse 3, there is a time for everything, and then we stop there. And then you go on, a time, 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 a time. And I don't know how many times he says it. A lot. He says it many, many times. But if he... If we approach the mentality of the seasons with this mentality that, oh, this is just what will happen. This is what happens now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sick. It's just, you just get sick. Oh, I'm, I'm hurting. Oh, you just hurt. Oh, I'm going through this right now. Oh, it's just what I go through. If we approach every season with the mentality that this is what life is supposed to be, we start to embrace a temporary thinking that can hamstring our ability to live with eternity in mind. What do I mean? Let me unpack this. For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. Beautiful. It's a beautiful saying. That's supposed to be. The poetry of this list is beautiful when we look at it. But when you start to read it all together, it changes its tune a little bit. It actually starts to become a bit monotonous. A time, 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 a time. What actually happens, and this is what scholars have said, it, act, it casts a dark shadow because it reminds us of the inevitability of trouble and evil and the relentless monotony of life. Sorry to get a bit depressing here. It picks back up as I go on. This ceaseless reiteration of the words, a time, a time, a time, are intended to indicate a sense of the monotony of all things rather than the variety. The repetition of a time and time become starts to become oppressive. I know that's a strong language, but let's just play with strong language, hyperbole. Let's just play with strong language for now. For now. A scholar called Kidna says, whatever may be our skill and initiative, our real masters seem to be these inexorable seasons, not only those of the calendar, but that tide of events which moves us now to one kind of action which seems fitting, now to another which puts all into reverse. The tide of events which moves us to now one kind of action which seems fitting for the season that we're in. I know there's a lot, but let me unpack that a little bit more. Have you ever come to winter time and thought, well, my kids are gonna get sick again, 
so I'm not going to go out at all. Or my media is going to be impacted by the weather, so I'm not going to extend myself to anyone. Or you get to summer and you say, I hate flies. We all hate flies. <laughs> so I'm not leaving my home. Or it's too hot, so I won't help that friend who is moving. Or a change happens in your life, like a friend moves away, you change jobs, or someone leaves your church. I hate having to make new friends. It always reminds me that I constantly feel alone. It's really hard whenever people leave our church. Was our community not good enough? New jobs suck. I feel like I'm at the bottom of the pecking order again. I don't know if you've ever felt this, but with seasonal changes comes a way of acting that seems fitting accordingly. Not every new season is positive, though. You might come into a, a season of sickness or depression or hardship, and what you have been told and conditioned over your life is, I will act accordingly. So I will be mopey. That's a bit harsh, you know. I will be down. I won't extend myself. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna hang out at home and wait for people to to reach out to me. I'm not actually going to push myself. I'm not going to actually challenge myself. It's the season. Oh, look at this season. Oh, it's, I'm going through this, this pain again. And I'm saying you can't go through pain. No, not at all. I, I get that there is pain. We have to grieve. We have to go through hardship. We have to feel things. But there's a point in time where you get, you get to this threshold. It's like, no, actually, now your time for grieving is done. You need a shift, you need a change, you actually need to look at this from a different perspective. You know that same person who's been sharing that same story for years, you know how like I always talk about if I hadn't injured my knee, I'd be playing for the Eagles right now. You know, if I didn't, 16 years ago, just that fateful night as I was training, my knee just popped out, I would have been the next, next big thing in the AFL. Get on with it, Andrew. <laughs> We don't care. <laughs> I don't even think God cares anymore, to be honest. It seems harmless that when we come into a new season, we start acting accordingly. Ah, oh, that person's moved next door. Oh, that that boss that 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 boss has been sent to work for us, and I know that they're an angry person, so I'm going to have the ability to do is change who you are unwittingly. Actually, more so who you project yourself or who you allow yourself to be, your false self. Like, I'm going through something right now, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to move within the gifts that God has given me I'm going through something right now, so I'm not going to laugh at the things I used to laugh at. And I get, there's actually something called SAD, Seasonal Anxiety Depression, I think it is. Seasonal Affective Disorder. Yeah, that's, that sounds better. <laughs> I, I was researching this, but I didn't write it down. And so it, there are mental things that, that go on here. But at the, at the same time, you have to ask the question, is it, have we just given a, a diagnosis to something that we go through Yes, exactly. But it doesn't mean that we need to go through it. 
You know when people come to summer and they're like, oh, I hate summer. You know, or, or the um, people who like to wear the petticoats and watch BBC and, and drink tea. They're like, oh, so I hate summer. So why do you hate summer? Summer's actually awesome, you know? All the winter, uh, winter comes and all the summer people are like, oh, I have to wear pants again. Dave, you know, it's like, uh, so like Dave wears shorts all the time. Or maybe you're like, oh, I, I, I can't go out anymore. You know, there are seasonal things that we act towards that don't actually have to be. You don't have to say that thing that you have said, but we have been conditioned to a tide of events that cause us to act accordingly. We are so much more the product of our background, our upbringing, and our, our beliefs, our underlying values, that we don't realise that half the things we say we don't like aren't actually true. They're just what we've said. Half the ways that we respond aren't actually what we, how we want to respond. It's just how we've always responded. It's just maybe something that has been taught in your household growing up. Or maybe it's something that has been imposed on you at work and you start to respond a certain way. This is temporary thinking that hamstrings our eternal mindset. God has called us to live with eternity in mind. Are you still with me? I know that this is a bit of a, a niche point that I'm coming at, but when we, if we don't see these things as harmful, what's going to happen is we're going to start moving into the language of monotony. We're going to start moving into language and says where the heart from from the mouth the heart speaks. What is truly going inside on inside comes out in the way that we approach seasons, change, crisis, and conflict. So it's not particularly that you don't like what's going on in your season or particularly that you can't handle it because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That nothing is impossible for God. He has given us the ability, the grace to empower us for every season. Yet, we revert to this this deceit where we say, well, uh, the last time that happened. A new reality where we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So we and that we need to look into our past for our healing. But sometimes we can spend so much time in our past that we stop living in the present. And the present and the future are the I can, I can control or I can give up to God my current reality and my future. When we talk about seasons as though, oh, that's going to be hard because the last time I went through it was hard, we're saying that God can't do something different. We're saying that actually, no, God, you don't realize when I did that last time, it was really bad. Say, so, just butt out, please, God. I'll deal with this. You know, God is saying to you there is a new reality through Jesus Christ, a new reality where we don't have to habitually act in a conditioned state of mind. In saying this, I, like when I was talking about seasons, like weather and whatnot, this is a whole scope. You can apply it to a whole scope of things like 
singular changes, you can apply it to maybe you've had a big life shift or something like that. You can apply this because we're, we're not looking at we're not looking at a, a something that is how do you say? We're looking at how does God's eternal life impact our temporary existence? How does the eternity impact our temporary? One thing that we hate to admit is that we're actually very predictable people. We, we like to think that we're, um, I'm off the chain, you know, I'm really like, what's that word, you know, like, what's that? Spontaneous. We love to think that we're spontaneous. I'm so spontaneous. Went on a date night to the same place that I always go to date night because I love this place the most. It's my favorite food. Spontaneity is having like a date night in Mongolia. You know, it's like spontaneity is not going back to the Thai place that you go to every week and put on the Netflix show that you watch every night. You know that. this. You know, Max and I, we always think that we're spontaneous. No, we're so vanilla. But it's okay. We're, com- we're comfortable with it. And we want to admit, I think it is imperative that we actually look this issue right in the face. We look the issue right in the face. So I want to And monotonous doesn't particularly mean that the change you're going through is monotonous. Sometimes it's just your response is monotonous. How do I thrive when constant change starts to become monotonous? The struggles, your chronic disease, your mental health, your financial situation, your your lack of friends, your inability to, to overcome that fear or that addiction. That is not eternal. If that was eternal, the cross would not be a good cross at all. But because the cross is sufficient, grace is sufficient, it means that we have an eternity to look forward to. So that, that's coming. Heaven is going to be, we're not going to be under heaven forever. It's coming. But I'm here right now. So there's a future and there's a hope. There's something eternal to look forward to. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 9 to 15. Let's talk about how really make a difference for anyone. Something beautiful in itself and in its time, but he left us in the dark. So we can never know what God is up to. Whether he's coming or going, I've decided there's nothing better to do than go ahead and have a good time. This is a great passage. And get the most we can out of life. That's it. Eat, drink, and make the most of your job. It's God's gift. This is the Bible, people. I've also concluded that whatever God's... I did this from the message because it's the nicest. I like the way it says here. I've also concluded that whatever God does, that's the way it's going to be. It is what it is. 
Yeah. Always. No addition, no subtraction. God's done it and that's it. That's so we'll, that is so we'll quit asking questions and simply worship in holy fear. Whatever was, is. Whatever will be, is. That's how it always is with God. And the next part, I didn't put it in because it's a little bit weird, but it, I can summarize it for you very accurately. The writer basically goes on to say that like animals, humans will all die one day. So we're no different from animals in the sense that we all live, we all return, and we all, all die one day. But then I love this part. Nobody knows for sure that the human spirit rises up to heaven or that the animal spirit sinks into the earth. So I made up my mind that there's nothing better for us, men and women, than to have a good time in whatever we do. That's our lot. He knows if there's anything else to life. This was Solomon. Solomon was saying, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. I, I'm just saying that, that God says we'll be in eternity in heaven one day. I don't know. me the gift of my job. He's given me the gift of my family. He's given me the gift of my friends, my community. So I'm going to enjoy it. Amen. How do we overcome seasonal thinking and embrace eternal living? By enjoying life Amen. right now. And if you're sitting there with depression looking at me saying, oh, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're going through. But what I can say is that we are called to enjoy life. There are some chemicals, maybe something that you've got that's not wired up properly within you. I've I've gone through some level of depression, I've, but I would say that it's like what I've found is that my disposition in life towards actually enjoying it has transformed my life. This is key. There will be events that occur after your death, and you're not going to see them. We're all limited as humans. We are so limited. You know, it's, it's so funny playing basketball, social basketball now as a 33-year-old guy, and then you play like the 18-year-old team, and you're like, I used to be that 18-year-old team, and they're so fast, and they can jump so high and move so quickly, and you just hit, you just try and hit them, slow them down a little bit, and you're like, I just do a veteran, like elbow you in the side, you know, it's like, it's so hard, and I'm only 33. You know, we get older, don't we, Alan? You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, things change. Things change, and I'm limited. Amen. Don't worry about what will happen in the future. Just concern yourself with the present. Mm. And keep in mind that the enjoyment of work and activity is your portion. It's your inheritance. And like inheritance, someone is leaving it to you. Who would that be? God. It could be antithetical to trying to enjoy life in the middle of change, hardship, or monotony, seasonal shifts. It can be hard to enjoy life. But we can either live as a slave to how we feel we should act in a situation, or we can be thankful for what we still have. Do we grieve hardship? Yes. Do we go get counselling? Yes. Do we feel pain and suffering? Yes. Do we experience monotony? Of course we do. 
That's why so many of us want to move to the other side of Australia. Or so many of us are like, I'm going to build a new house. Or so many of us invest in stupid things because we're like, life is just getting a little bit monotonous right now. I need to shake it up. Oh, I know what. I'm going to move country. But why? Why are you moving country? You have no family, no framework, nothing over there. It's not a good time post-COVID to move country. Yeah. If you're in the country, God bless you. <laughs> I just find it so interesting that we get to points where it's like, um, the monotony of life, the, the time for this, the time for that, the time for this. Oh, is it my time just to be a boring old parent right now? No, it's time for you to enjoy the wonder of life that is yeah. a child. Yeah. It's time for you to enjoy the wonder that is life that you helped create something. I don't want to get caught up. In the seasonal thinking, when God's called me to live eternally, the beauty of life, man. Yeah. If you don't know me, I had a heart attack at the end of October 2020. I was on a run. Don't run. <laughs> Just walk. You're all good. You don't have to get there faster than someone else. You know, I was like, Just walk. I had a heart attack, and three months after my heart attack, I was in the hospital for 18 days. A coma for seven, ICU for 11. After that time, I was angry. I was jaded. You know, the repetitive blood tests. Every two days, I had to get a blood test. My veins, they still can't get blood properly out of my right arm because it's been used so much. So I have to use my left, my left arm sometimes there. At one point, they were going to go through my feet. You know, it's like so many blood tests taking meds every morning and night. All my, all my meds family say, hey you know, it's like, I take meds, so many medications, so much medication. Before my heart attack, I didn't even have Panadol. I was like, I'll just drink more water. Having to avoid the good foods. I wasn't able to drive for six months. And then I found out at the end of six months, I wasn't allowed to drive after two and a half weeks. But it's like, I didn't drive for six months when I was allowed to drive the whole time. But I had amazing conversations. So many Ubers of people that I could talk to. And honestly, having no energy, I still, I still struggle with my energy. Now, I don't have the energy I once had. The season had a real potential to take me and my wife and my family down a bit of path. But Megs and I, and I know this doesn't sound overly spiritual, but Megs and I, we made the decision to laugh. Yeah. more because if you don't laugh you're going to cry we decided to laugh more we decided to embrace the day that we had because tomorrow wasn't guaranteed and I'd rather go out laughing than complaining and you know and that, let's make it spiritual theological one of the words for the joy of the Lord is laugh we, we, don't, we don't realise that but to laugh is actually one of the fruits of the spirit that's why people, that's why I mean, those penty churches, real super penty churches, but they'll start laughing together. We will get there one day, people. Ha <laughs> ha! No, it's, laughing is actually a theological term for the joy of the Lord. We don't realize that because we don't go past it. We don't study it. Study, people! I'm significantly happier as a person after my heart attack than I was before. 
Every day is a gift because of Jesus Christ. So I'm not going to let seasons dictate my eternal gratitude. I will not let seasons dictate the fact that I'm still here. Because sometimes it takes trauma to realize I have a perspective shift. Sometimes it takes change to realize that you're so thankful for what you do have. Yes, it's hard, but it may just be a little bit harder because you're expecting it to be hard. I remember going to, to rehab. Um, so I was 31, I turned 31 in hospital. Um, at, by this point in time, I'd been exercising quite a lot. I lost 16 kilos in hospital. That's better than Jenny Craig, you know, like it's like, I, um, and I went to this group rehab and I rocked up and everyone was there was about 30 to 50 years older than me. And so it's, it was kind of depressing, kind of demotivating, rocking up in your joggers, your, your shorts, and, and the guy next to you is like holding on for dear life. And you're like, oh man, is this, is this who I am now? Is this the group that I'm part of? But I made a decision very early on that I was going to have a good time. So I started to get along with my mates and I actually made, her name was Peggy, I made really good friends with an old lady called Peggy and I'd always G her on, I G'd her on too hard one time and we had, she had to restrain her a little bit herself a little bit, her heart rate got too much up. But as I was like, I had a really good time. I was there for a couple of months. I, I went in and I, I know that attitude, like I'm saying, I, I don't like to preach this stuff, but your attitude is so important. Just like, you know that they say attitude and gratitude? Yes. I've been through it. I went into this situation saying that I'm going to go and live and enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy the fact that I'm still alive, that I can still get to see my two boys, my beautiful wives, my family and friends. Or I could go into the situation saying that the last time this taps into a familiar place in me, I'm rejected, or I'm not good enough, I'm not worthwhile. And you start to assimilate a tide that says that acts accordingly to the season. Mm-hmm. You know, um, offer hospitality. Um, the the the. Zena, Zena. That was like actually well. You're welcome here into our house. One who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised. But it could be tomorrow. So I want to live a life honoring unto Him today. But I also want to enjoy life. I want to honor God, but I want to enjoy life. 
And I wrote this down. As I was writing this down, I was, I was kind of laughing. If I want to enjoy life, but I can't, but Christ is coming back tomorrow and I'm not. We love, we live, we engage with, we commune with God. My life is so good. The community and friends, the presence of side of the church, we've all got have together that you feed me, I feed you, you lift me up, I lift you up. There's something you encourage me, I encourage you. Hey, maybe we shouldn't spend life alone. Maybe we should spend more time together. Maybe we should spend more time now. But we want to spend time with our kids. So we said, I want to spend more time with our family and our kids so we're going to work less so the gift of time we can use. I encourage you Check your heart on that. Because money, any in the Bible it talks about hey, money, it, any gain of riches is to be available to share with other people. So you, if you if you're jacked up in finances and you're not sharing it and you're not being charitable, I'd, I'd wonder if you mastered money or has money mastered you? If you've got all this time and you, you're not you and you just spend time by yourself. That is a gift that you can give to someone else. Can I tell you, we reached out to the, the older um, old people's homes recently, and they're just saying, hey, we just want people to sit with people in the old people's homes. You know, loneliness is at an all-time high in the world. You mastered time, or is time mastering you? There's so many things that we can do. There's so many ways that we can enjoy life. We just need to shift our mindset to eternal, to eternal living. Enjoying it, but living as though Christ is coming back tomorrow. Embracing the good things that God, the gifts God has given us, but realizing that we are to be faithful stewards of God's grace. We're to love each other deeply. We're to share with each other. We're to we're to meet people, people who enjoy life. Yeah. And that's why I'll bring it to an end. Because I feel like I feel like we should pray. So let's close our eyes. Yeah, this is a different angle. Even as I was writing this, I was like, this is a different angle. But I just want to encourage you. God has given you the gift to enjoy life. The gift of life to enjoy, not for it to be a burden or that you're some to carry some suffering servant cross 
So people look at you as holier than thou. No, God has said, enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. Jesus probably enjoyed his life more than we did, or he did. Yeah. Jesus enjoyed his life more than we did, but he's invited us to come into a new life so we can enjoy it. So Father God, I just pray right now, as we chew on this, Lord, we pray that your truth would remain. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll guide us into the reality that you have for us. Lord, we don't want to just endure life. We want to enjoy life, God. We don't want to be people who are who try and seem holier. Lord, we want to be people who will laugh with each other. He will share the joys of life with each other, but also the burdens of life with each other. Lord, we want to be people who live for you now. God, I just want to repent personally ever projecting or living a life that's a bit more serious than it actually should be. Lord, we thank you for the gifts of air in our lungs, blood in our veins, the gift of food on our table, people around us. Lord, we want to enjoy this life because you're coming back soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom City Podcast. If there is any way that we can help you survive and thrive in your everyday life, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd want to know more about who we are, just head to www.freedomcityfremantle.com. Until next time, take care.